born in bondage, beaten till brain damaged. I am in awe of your indomitable spirit. You are a wonder of impossibility. A woman named Moses, cursed by narcolepsy, yet determined like your namesake to set your people free. It wasn't enough that Today she is the start of Black History Month, and to share her story with us is award-winning writer, editor, spoken word artist, and poetry teacher at the University of Toronto, Andrea Thompson. Hi, Andy. Hi, Sue. How are you doing? Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us. That is a piece of it. You just released a beautiful spoken word album. Tell us yeah. about why Black History Month is so important to you. Well, you know, I'll get personal. Um, so for me, when I was growing up, I my family came up on the Underground Railroad, escaped slavery, and uh, settled in southern Ontario, where there were a lot of communities, a lot of black communities started there, and their ancestors came up the same way. And when I was a kid, we would go down for the um, family reunion every summer, and it wasn't until I was a teenager that I was suddenly struck with the question, hey, how come, because we used to call it going down to the country, and it's like, how come all the people in the country are black? What's that about? And, you know, so I started asking questions, started learning about this history, and I was a teenager, and I had never heard about it in school. Um, and then fast forward, I was in university, and I was studying black history at, you know, on a university level, and I was taught that the Underground Railroad was a myth, that it never actually happened. And so as an adult, I realized, you know, there's a lot of um, really important Canadian history that is just not known. So I thought, you know, why not use um, an opportunity um, and my, my, my creative uh, output to help bring awareness to that and celebrate it. You mentioned that there's still a lot not known, Andrea, and you yeah. mentioned your experience from a teen to adulthood. Have have yeah. we made strides when it comes to recognizing black history in Canada during that time period? Are we at least moving in the right direction? Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, definitely. There's been so many changes um, and so much um, awareness of, um, you know, and appreciation of the black community in Canada. Uh, but, you know, still now I find I'll meet people and... Um, every once in a while, I'll meet somebody and they'll be like, oh, so, you know, um, where in the Caribbean are you from? Where in, you know, in Africa are you from? And they'll be um, just not, uh, and when I'll explain where my ancestors came from, there'll be a, a sense of surprise. So I think that it still isn't really common knowledge. It's definitely getting better in terms of awareness of our own history here in Canada. But I think we still have a ways to go. It's a sad day in the United States today with the family of Tyree Nichols holding a funeral for him this morning after he died, yeah. you know, following a brutal beating by police in Memphis. But is yeah. it maybe... A, a, a day that's important that it falls on the start of Black History Month as well because it brings more attention to the issue and, and the ability to speak up about the stories. Yeah, definitely. You know, I think over the last few years, especially since uh, George Floyd, um, you know, I had, I had for a lot of um, black people, there was a, a really profound moment there where people around us who didn't share our background were suddenly aware of how, uh, how racism can affect somebody on a really personal level. And I think, you know, that these things come into fashion. There's so much going on. Our, our society moves 
so quickly and things kind of cycle in and out of the news that, um, you know, to keep building awareness of um, traditionally marginalized communities is something that is an ongoing process. And, um, you know, I think any opportunity that we have to really develop a sense of, of um, awareness and compassion towards the suffering of other people in our community is, um, is a good thing. I want to get back to, to you, Andrea, and what you do, because, yes, uh-huh. you're using your art form to, to make a difference. But in general, like to get to the point where you're releasing albums, to get to the point oh. where you're, you're, you're reaching for change with your art, did you always know you'd be doing poetry? Did you always know that this would be something you would carry with yourself into adulthood? Yes, I did. <laughs> From when I was a kid, I just, I always, I, I loved poetry. My grandmother, I grew up, my grandmother um, would just recite poems off the top of her head, just kind of to explain a point. So I grew up listening to poetry in, in the home. I was raised by my grandparents. Um, and I always knew I wanted to be a, a poet, and that was, you know, much to the dismay, I think, of <laughs> my family at the time. They've gotten used to it, but it's been a lifelong uh, passion and, you know, has developed into um, the point where I'm an elder in the scene and I'm a mentor. And, um, you know, I love, I've got the first, I think it's definitely, I'm working out of a uh, University of Toronto Mississauga campus, and it's the first spoken word course they've had and it's maybe the first at U of T altogether definitely one of the first so um, it's a real kind of milestone that this oral art form is being studied at the university level and for me personally I love having the opportunity to inspire young people to make their voice you know to help them realize that their voices matter. Mm -hmm. However you get that message across right you know I hear it all the time we're lucky because we're not in the U.S. we don't live in the states we live in Canada but as Uh a black woman in Canada do you still hear stories you know, like what we hear from the United States. I know it's not to the degree, obviously, but there there are still a lot of issues in this country, are there not? Oh yeah, definitely. You know, and and they're they're everyday experiences. You know, um, I had you know I've had experiences with for myself being you know followed in stores, being um, you know treated as as less than in ways that are you know what they call like microaggressions or subtle to ways that are you know more blatant and overt and um, you know being assumed that I'm I'm an, a nanny for instance if I'm with um, a member of my family like a white member of my family being assumed that I'm the nanny which is you know like it's um, that kind of thing it's like there's a generational sense of self-esteem that needs to be rebuilt but also on a personal level it affects you it affects you when you know that there are people who think less of you just by looking at you so it's something you have to grapple with i think andrea you've got some great work out there and again you continue to work it make a difference and uh, express yourself where can we hear your work where can we, we pick some of it up or experience it Oh, well, um, you can go to my, my website, which is andreathompson.ca. I've got some samples up there. If you want to check out the album, um, I've got a page dedicated to The Good Word. Um, I've released it on Bandcamp today, so that's a great great way, especially if you want to support the arts. 
it's a great way to buy digital copies of the album and support me um, throughout the month. The album is going to be dropping on Apple Music and Spotify and all the streaming sources. So that's in the works. But as of today, it's um, samples available on my website and full album available for download on Bandcamp. And you can find the link to that on my website as well. AndreaThompson.ca. Thanks, Andy. Thanks so much for joining us. That's my pleasure, Sue. Good to talk to you. Good to speak to you too, Andy. Thank you. Take care. Andrea Thompson, award-winning writer, editor, spoken word artist.